0: Welcome back to All in Food's podcast. My name's Sam Seidman. I'm a junior here at Penn State studying hospitality management, and today you're in for a treat. A few weeks ago in the School of Hospitality Management here at Penn State, we hosted our alumni in the classroom week. Throughout the week, over 120 alumni went into classes, joined events, and spoke to students about their experiences in the hospitality industry. Joining us on today's podcast are two alumni who jumped into the FDRL All in Foods studio for a quick fireside chat. Dr. Amit Sharma, the host of Allen Foods, has a six to seven-minute rapid Q and A with our alumni who live and breathe the hospitality industry. Without further ado, here's what they shared with us.
1: Nicole, hi! Hey, Welcome hey, cool. to Allen Foods Studios. So, uh, let me quickly introduce uh, Nicole. Uh, Nicole is a senior regional director at the Compass Group, based out of Washington, D.C. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Right? That's correct. Uh, welcome back to campus.
2: I know I've, I haven't been here in far too long. But it's nice to be here, and it's amazing the autopilot I went from Beaver Ave up into this building, or the the Mary, not the Marriott building, excuse me, the Cafe Laura, where I was like, get my coffee. It was like I was here. Yeah. 16 years ago 16. yeah yeah so.
1: and for, for those missing out uh, and get them a bit nostalgic there's, there's a lot of activity going on now. Uh, I mean, but still easy to get here I mean,
2: right in the fall too is always you know yeah um pretty magical so it's nice to be here and uh you know feel at home and it still feels connection so
1: yeah well uh listen nicole um we're gonna uh, do this uh, fireside chat six mm-hmm. minutes rapid three questions that we were talking about mm-hmm. uh, a little bit so would love to have your insights into uh, into the real world, so to speak, as we call it. Uh, um, all right, so here we go. Um, uh, first, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what work you do and um, and and your job uh, profile?
2: Sure. Uh so I've worked for Compass Group for 16 years um in the Restaurant Associates division um in their business and industry. Um Compass does. I think a little bit of everything. <laughs> and yes. So it's a massive, you know, the uh world's largest food service company that um is kind of mostly white labeled behind our clients. Mm. Um so me specifically, I've been um at a large Virginia banking account for seven of those years. Mm-hmm. Um, and have been uh their account executive for their food services on their campus. Um and it's been growing. I mean, um from the time I joined to that group until now, I mean they've built a hotel, two large campus buildings and uh, two food halls, a conference. I mean, it's, you know, ever impeding. So I've run a lot of those projects as well as a team of um, about 250 associates. And, uh, you know, more recently, just a core team of five, like, you know, my finance, HR, uh, sustainability, wellness, and culinary. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. <laughs> you, you mentioned wellness. I'll, I'll come back to that if okay. you have time. Uh, but uh, to our second question. What is the one big challenge that you see facing your business um, and how are you dealing with it? Sure.
2: Uh, Frontline staffing. So when we say frontline, we talk about, you know, in my uh, line of work, it's your cooks, your runners, your uh, catering attendants. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think pre and post COVID, you know, we were kind of reaching that pre COVID maybe generationally of what. The younger generations want to enter a workforce into and then now post-covid i think um what could be a perception of work-life balance mm. uh seems a little off in frontline hospitality and so um you know i'm not speaking on behalf of compass group because you don't have the uh you know the time
3: to say yeah. that but um yes yeah, yeah the bunch,
2: my, right? my, <laughs> take, my take on it as a leader within yes. compass yes. is hmm, um that it is It is a challenge. It's a challenge to find people that are passionate. And it's not an easy job. I mean, I I always say, um, you know, more specifically, when we think down to dishwasher utility, it's like the hardest job in the kitchen, no one wants it. Um, And if you find a great person, they're usually pretty passionate about it. And it's also the most important. I mean, it's keeping everyone safe, and especially post COVID. Mm. That's something that came out of it. So, you know, within my own control of my group, I did a lot of work on uh, retention and keeping everyone, you know, whether that was um, quality of life increases or, you know, adjusting how we formatted our team um, uh, to growing people, right? Mm. Like within a team that large, you're able to do a lot of internal growth or like allowing them to grow externally mm. um, and showing that there is a career path here. Um, and, you know, one of the beautiful things about Compass Group is you kind of can do a little bit of everything. You want to go into finance. We had several people who, you um, had masters of finance from their home country. And I was like, join our finance team. Like that's a path for you. You don't have to, you know, they were cooks and joined our finance team then. And we're amazing at it. Right. Um. And then also, you know, marketing wellness, et cetera. So um, internally, I really tried to do that. And then um, I appreciate that compass group and our Russian associates are doing a lot at large where we're creating our own internal network of staffing. So from either the tech that we have that we're able to share between it, um, accounts really easily. So maybe my partner uh, account down the road um, has to flex labor and they don't need as many people. I can pick up those shifts if I need labor. Mm. And that's done through technology. Um, And another tech path is also our um, bench staffing, which um, a great friend of mine, Nicole Allen, leads. And Mm. uh, that is, again, developing our own internal pool to provide flex labor.
1: So you know we talk about this very deeply, yeah. but flex you define that, you know, it's a it's a, it's a broader way to define yeah. flex and it's not doesn't mean yeah uh, you know work from home or or from or or from right. office. That's yeah. those are not the two choices. Only, yeah right? I
2: would love if you could cook the food from home or for yeah. the coffee from home, right. right? But in our industry you can't, right? No. My husband's a no. chef and like he can't do his job from home. Right. Um you know in in all of the cases so um it's really just then picking your schedule right what works for you and your family so you know we've seen this really successful with working parents Mm -hmm. um especially people who are reintroducing into the workforce hey i have a young kid i drop them off at kindergarten Mm -hmm. at nine i need to be back by three that's our heaviest time we need people at lunch hour so if you want to come work four hours that that works um also um you know maybe you want to come in at in the morning there might be an event that needs someone there at four in the morning in a pantry capacity to set the room
1: Got it. and
2: so it's just saying what are these are the hours i'm available to work these are my skill sets and we match them with the right schedule
1: so flex and obviously opportunities yeah. internally for growth etc yeah. different career paths that's a, that's a really good point okay I, uh, question number three yeah. looking into the future what do you see a specific factor one specific factor that's not in your control that you think is going to create uncertainty for your business
2: You know, I wouldn't say like uncertainty in the sense of doom, but uncertainty in the sense of it's, you know, a little bit of a a, up and down. And it's been happening, um, again, probably leading into COVID, we were going into this space, but especially post-COVID. So in business and industry, food service, the return to work, or as they so speak, right? How people are working um, hybrid, how, you know, office capacity buildings are down. I mean, it's it's in the news cycle, so it's not, you know, uh, something I'm breaking here, but for specifically B and I, it's um how do we work with our clients mm. to follow their strategy? Got so it. that's where it becomes external. We can't drive the strategy, it's working with our clients to say, hey, this is what our data is telling us, this is what the studies we've done, this is what the best practices are we have, and then here's the products we have to offer mm. that can get you what you want for your employees. And it and it ranges wildly across industries. So sure,
1: yeah. yeah. And that's gonna have an impact <laughs> on your business, you know, upper. yeah. Your product uh, and service offerings, uh, possibly. Okay, great. Um, Nicole, that was six minutes. Was that okay? Yeah, that was great. All right. Well, (laughs) before uh, before I let you go, uh, can you share what uh, what's on what's on your agenda next? Uh, What are you What are you doing uh, around campus? Oh
2: yeah, so I'm going to go to this the LEGO diversity. Um, I think yeah, yeah, uh, Yeah.
1: we got got some activity going on.
2: I love that. I'm also on our uh, diversity inclusion. Action Council for our sector. So like any new fun team building, I love to check out. Okay. And then I have two classes with um Dr. Van Hoof tomorrow, which is uh, a fun full circle for me because he like helped out towards the end of my senior year here um, oh. with me graduating, so yeah. Awesome,
1: well, yeah. have a wonderful rest of the day and thank you for stopping by. All right, thank you. Okay, so here we are with our next um, guest. Um, uh, our, our visiting alum, um, Mr. Ryan Spear. Yes, yes, Rob. Great to be here. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and as we were talking, you you had uh, you you had a tour of the Married Foundation building while it was being built. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
3: So this is the the first time seeing
1: it in action. That's all awesome. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you for being here. As uh, as I shared with you, uh, six minute uh, fireside chat, three questions that we are posing to all our um, wonderful, alums uh, visiting us. Um, so, Ryan Spear, you're you're the president and
3: founder of the Spear Travel Group. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my business. We are a, a travel agency, okay. um, Serving both corporate clients uh, for meetings and events, corporate travel, um, as well as leisure travel for um, you know higher. Concerning clientele, I guess we 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 try and skew towards the luxury market. Um, because my background was with Ritz carlton for many years in, in New York City and uh felt like I was ready to uh start something on my own. So 2018, that's what happened, and here we are five years later.
1: So you just answered the
3: first question. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Where you based, out Uh so I'm based out of my home in uh South Orange, New Jersey, okay. which is about 19 miles west of Manhattan. New York City. Um, and uh, we we have a remote team. So everybody is based uh, out of their their home location. So we've got actually the majority in New Jersey, but then we've got uh, one team member in Charlotte, one in Phoenix, one in um, Palm Springs, California as well. So we are coast to coast officially. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Here's our second question. Um, what is the one big challenge facing your business and how are you dealing with it? I, I think the biggest challenge uh, that I face personally as a founder um, and a president is just kind of, you know, where, where do we go next? Um, how, how are we going to grow uh, the business? Where, where is that going to come from? Um, how can we uh, keep everybody, you know, happy and engaged both from a um, employee standpoint, as well as a, a client customer standpoint. So, that's kind of, uh, I guess, what keeps me up at night, so to speak. Uh, it's an exciting thing. Uh, it's it's not really a scary thing. I just think that um, I, I've I've got some some mile markers, you know, down the road in terms of how uh, I want it um, to interact with with my life, um, and I just don't know how uh, I will get there yet. But but I will. So mm-hmm. that for me is is the biggest challenge. Um, but I. I often look to uh, to the current business, the way that uh, business is flowing, uh, for those answers. It just kind of seems to point um, us in the right direction, and, and that's worked out thus far. And I, and I feel like that's kind of how it will continue as we go forward. D- a quick follow up on that: Do you think,
1: and uh, how how far do you think we've come um, back to pre COVID um, with
3: travel? Yeah, so uh, leisure travel is actually ahead of of where it was uh, back in twenty nineteen. Uh, corporate travel, I'm I'm getting some estimates from, from some of our uh, colleagues and partners that um, we're inching back towards about uh, two-thirds to three-fourths uh, of, of what it was. Um, will it ever go back to the the numbers of 2019? I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, or it may not be tracked in the same kind of way because um, there really is a strong uh, leisure component now where people are attacking on um, Extra days to a business trip or working while they're on vacation. You know, there's a bit of a blurry line now. Yeah. yeah. Um, Meetings and events, I think, still has a little bit of ways to to come back, but it. I see it. You know, Mm. I I see it coming back. Um, And if you look at some of the major markets like Las Vegas and Orlando and things like that, there. You know, the numbers are telling the story as well. So Mm. we're almost there. Great,
1: great. All right, number three. Looking into the future, what do you see as specific external factors? Um, outside of your control, that uh, that you think will create uncertainty
3: um, for your business. Well, I think uh, certainly uh, economical, uh, as as we saw with um, you know past crashes <laughs> uh, in in our own economy and, and others, um, uh, the pandemic, of course, uh, that was a huge hit on on the travel market. Not not only because you couldn't travel, but once you could travel. Um, there was a little bit more uh, of a tight grip on those funds. Mm. Um, And we're seeing those funds now get back into the budgets uh, of companies and individuals. And um, so that remains a threat uh, because if that, if that line item starts to get pulled back um, because it has been done in the past now uh, you know, there's a history of, of, uh, that somebody can look back and say, well, we didn't spend in these years, you know, let's go back to that. But uh, I think ultimately the, um, the impact of travel is is positive uh, on on a business, and and that will come to uh, to light again as as more people are traveling. But that I think the the economical standpoint is probably the biggest threat to the business um, overall. And then of course, just any un- unrest in certain areas. Um, you know uh China were able to now finally send uh people to as, as tourists again mm. uh of course you know Russia not yet but it hasn't come back to where you were expecting with China or, no, or is it no, no no I think everybody is you know they're looking elsewhere <laughs> it's right. not usually on the top of people's lists no, uh, right. at, at this point but um it is open mm. uh, now for uh sure. for tourism from uh, the US and other places so
1: yeah if there is sort of an economic uh, turmoil if you want to call it and mm-hmm. hopefully it won't be but um where do you think it's going to have from from your point of view where, where will it have the most impact on your on business the leisure side or the
3: business yeah good question um, i don't know it it really depends um on kind of our our client acquisition right so we're continuing to grow so uh, even if we do have a downturn we would hope that we can kind of keep it steady with with adding just more people but um, it would really depend on how uh kind of widespread it is mm-hmm. um, and how it's how it's affecting I mentioned you know we we tend to skew towards uh the luxury market which would be you know a higher um income earner uh in in theory and so depending on you know how hard it, it hit them um uh, and then the same thing with the businesses you know how how hard are they getting hit and uh I I'm always a big proponent that uh, you shouldn't cut sales um mm-hmm. if anything you should ramp up sales during those times because um, it's a huge opportunity to to gain market share and gain people in downturns. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Depending on other strategies, not ours, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: exactly, and and hopefully there'll be resilient so that you know we keep we keep the the labor side of things um, uh, uh, moving. Um, and yes. It doesn't slow that down. Right,
3: okay. right, exactly.
1: Okay, Ryan, thanks for stopping by. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of All in Foods. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share with those who you think will benefit from it. And remember to make well-informed food decisions. Stay healthy and happy as we roll into the holiday season. And until next time, this is Sam Seidman from the All in Food studios signing off. Thanks for listening.